Welcome. Welcome. This is new. Ish. This is brand new. Ish. We're old. We're old. We've been old for a while. Welcome to Dad Pods Presents, the unofficial Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Yes, the the, the official rebranding happened last week. You know, soft launch. Yeah. Soft launch. Very uh, soft. It's very soft. Uh, this week is, uh, you know, we're getting into it. We're we're all about the MCU, MCU, MCU. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot more about the MCU. Uh, turns out we were doing that anyhow, so we figured... Yeah, we figured, why don't we just go ahead and rebrand it? Maybe we can get some more listeners that people are looking for MCU content. So here we are. Yeah, and we're, we're going to break things down into segments. Mm-hmm. Our first reoccurring segment is... Marvel news, like news and notes. We haven't, we, we don't have a, an official like name of the segment, but it's like it's that. It's yeah, kind of what, you know, rumors, castings, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, all those important things. Yeah. So uh, the big news uh, from this week, uh, uh, Black Panther had a had a casting of a of a of a name. I, it's a name that I, I frankly wasn't familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, but she is an actress. Uh, that is uh, Emmy nominated uh, for a bunch of Emmys this year. Uh, she's a BAFTA winner. That's the British version of the uh, the Emmys. Uh, she's been cast in Black Panther. Her name is Michaela Cole, mm. and uh, she's a very attractive woman. She's um, and of course, anytime anybody's atta- uh, attached to Black Panther, uh, the rumors go crazy. Because it's either they're either thinking, oh, is this the person that they're going to recast as the new, as the new Black Panther, right? right? Because we don't have a Black Panther anymore. R.I.P. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, right? Uh, or we're going, oh, is it Storm, right? Because Storm has a link to Wakanda. Storm has a link to uh, T'Challa, yep. uh, and the royal family there in, in Wakanda. And uh, Storm is obviously part of the, will be part of the MCU at some point, I imagine. Yes. Uh, they haven't they haven't added any X Men yet uh, that we know about. Right. So there's not necessarily an X Men now. There's there, this is confirmed that a character that is a mutant appeared in Black Widow. Right in the prison, correct? The, the prison, yeah, right. like the the bear. Um, this is a big guy that turns into a bear. Yeah, <laughs> this this isn't your prime X Men. This isn't how you want to launch mutants. No, this is this is just a guy in Soviet Russia. Yeah. Anyhow, I there's obviously mutant speculation runs rampant. The other rumors associated with uh, Wakanda Forever will be around Namor. That's going right. to be rumored to be the big villain. Mm-hmm. And and there's been no casting word on that too. No. So Namor and Namor would be a mutant. Yep. Supposed to be one of the first ones. Depending on where apocalypse falls and where where you came first or not, right? But yeah, Michaela Cole. We'll, we'll see what she ends we'll see up. See what she is. Good luck, Michaela Cole. Um, and this was a total just rumor. I think this uh, you know Variety reported uh, Michaela Cole uh, mm. did that. Um, this was total speculation. There's a Twitter uh, uh, Twitter out there. It's called the MCU Direct. They just throw out like random. Uh, uh, news and rumors and right. some of it's true some of it's just bs but i like to follow them because it's fun yes uh, and this is all fun yes. uh there is a rumor that uh so in the upcoming next month in the upcoming what if show this is an animated show that's going to be on disney plus 
um, what if is a is a recurring thing in, in Marvel that's been going on for probably 30 or 40 years. Yeah. And, and it's basically, you know, what if uh, Spider-Man wasn't bit by, a, by the radioactive spider? If it was Gwen Stacy that got bit by the radioactive right. spider. It was like stories like that. Now, some of them can be ridiculous. Yeah. Like, what if Ghost Rider had a taco truck? <laughs> that, that would be an interesting what if. That would be an interesting what if. But it's also ridiculous and weird, right? Yeah. So uh, some of these are ridiculous and weird. Some of these are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in this what if show... Uh, one of the what ifs is what if Haley Atwell, uh, Peggy Carter, mm-hmm. uh, what if she took the super soldier fo- uh, formula, not right. Steve Rogers, and she becomes Captain Carter? Yeah, uh, it's interesting to me that they didn't go because there is a Captain Britain, mm-hmm. right? That that's been part of Excalibur and known right. in the comics. But uh, yeah, that, this is a. This is a good way to use MCU characters because we obviously right. don't know who Captain Britain is in the MCU. Yeah, Cap- Captain Britain also has a mutant-y sort of link. Um, yeah. Because Captain Britain is closely with uh, Cyclops, right? Not Cyclops, but whoever uh, Cyclops was before she was Cyclops. I can't remember her name. Yeah, there's some other name. But <clears throat> anyhow, uh, yeah, Haley Atwell, that would be, that would be interesting. And it's yeah. Cool. And it's rumored, this is the rumor, we're finally going to get to the rumor. The rumor is that she's going to be in uh, the upcoming Doctor Strange movie, so which is called The Multiverse of Madness. There's certainly a multiverse out there, presumably, where she is Captain Carter, where she's got those powers and she's got the shield and she throws stuff around and kicks some butt. Right. Yeah, we, we see that in the trailer for the What If series. So right. I'm actually going to make my prediction here. She's not going to be in there as Captain Carter. And the reason you're not going to see this is because we're seeing this in the cartoon. We've already seen right. this in the trailer. We know that's happening. Marvel does a really good job of not repeating itself. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to depict her in the cartoon, that probably means you're not going to see her as you know, Captain right. Carter somewhere else. Marvel's certainly been good so far about doing that. Now, if, if we were to sort of extrapolate that into the Star Wars universe, she would be in everything. Yeah. Star Wars is very bad at repeating itself. Oh, yeah. All, they'll all just the continually repeat herself. Uh, Haley Outwell would have 17 roles upcoming if she were in the yeah. Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's and not, that's not necessarily bad, but this is, this is an MCU podcast. Right. We're all about the um, MCU. We, we <clears throat> like Star Wars, but we're going to talk about the MCU. We might talk about Star Wars if Star Wars crosses into the MCU. That has also been a long uh, uh, rumor. I, that's got to be a joke. Right. That's got to be a joke. It's an amazing, amazing uh, uh, soliloquy yeah. by, by Patton Oswalt in probably season three or four of Parks and Recreation. Right. Where he, he goes on this ad-libbed, it's about a four-minute long uh, diatribe about his idea for linking the X-Men, the Avengers, and Star Wars all into one movie. Yes, it's great. It's, uh, look it up. It's look it up. It's on YouTube. There's an extended clip, I think, version of it where you actually see him just at the end, sort of collapse, and <laughs> and be like, and 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 the entire cast and crew just like cheers him on because it was amazing. Yeah, Pat Oswalt filibuster because I think that's the context in Parks and Rec. It's yes. Do, do yourself yes. a favor. Watch yes. it now. So we got one more. Yeah. So. Disney Plus just released uh, Assembled, The Making of Loki, a behind-the-scenes look at Loki. 
So if you're a nerd and you're listening to this podcast, so I suspect you are, uh, it's certainly worth checking out. Yeah. I've seen, so some of this footage you've seen, if you follow some of the Twitter feeds of the creators of Loki, that one of the, the big things that's coming out of this is that they used a stuffed blue <clears throat> alligator as a stand-in for alligator Loki. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the stories about like what they what they sort of left on the cutting room floor from this show are pretty amazing. Like apparently there's supposed to be a scene where the Sylvie character uh, comes back to the um, to to the TVA and just like runs roughshod through it, just like you know swords everybody hmm. uh, on mm-hmm. her way up to the to the room. It's like a, a full on bloodbath, but they they cut that. That's great. They get a little bit more. I I will say hearing some of the behind the scenes stuff. I am amazed that things work out as well as it does for the MCU, where everything mm-hmm. feels like it has this master plan and it all works really well together and it builds to this thing. So, for example, you know, we now know that they didn't know they were going to have a season two until really late in production. Right. How is that possible? I know. <laughs> and I think that's the magic of writing, of good writing. Like, if, if, mm-hmm. if you write really well and you edit really well, the footage that you've created, the story feels like it, it couldn't possibly be anything but that. And now there's some, and now there's other shows and and that they've done. To be honest with you, where it feels like there's a, there is closure. Like I felt, WandaVision mm-hmm. had a level of closure yeah. with that particular story. Now they may have Wanda as a character in a in a future project, and she's certainly going. She is definitely going to be in uh, the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. Right, but she's going to be in a different place than she was during WandaVision. Like her exactly emotional arc completed. Her character arc's not done. There's more for her right. to do. Right. But maybe she's no longer grieving. Yep. Can hope. Yeah, that, that's what it feels like. And uh, I think that was really cool what they've done with these Marvel projects. They've, they've really made it so that, uh, you know, some things do end. Like the mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that ended a particular story arc with mm-hmm. the Falcon deciding to take on the, the shield or not. Right. Right. Uh, and yet there's still more adventures. So they, yeah. they, could, they can do both. They can. So uh, we're done with news and notes. Yes. We are, we are going to, we're going to do our ranking of the entire MCU to, to date. And it's going to include all of the MCU movies uh, and the three Disney Plus movies, uh, shows that have been released thus far. Uh, we will probably say some things about what if when it comes out, mm-hmm. which is a, uh, uh, during this time. Plus, we will also probably have to, you know, factor in where we're going to put Shang-Chi because that comes out in about six weeks or so. Yeah, we're actually going to run into that during this project. We're going to run into that during this project. I think we'll, we'll, we may be, we'll, we'll probably even run into the Hawkeye show mm-hmm. uh, and some other things. Maybe even, uh, what is it, uh, the, the, the Eternals or the Celestials or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. So the Eternals will come out and we're not... I, we might even run into the Spider-Man movie. We'll see. We'll see if we if we can beat Spider-Man. We're great. If not, we'll just have to figure out where he ranks. Yeah, totally. So, so anyway, we're going to start from the bottom. Yep. And so this episode, we've kind of thrown together the four MCU projects that we thought were weak. Yeah. These are not good movies. Yeah, these ones I'm going to list. I'll give it a category. This is the bottom four, but the category is you can skip these. Yes. Yes. You can skip them. You cannot skip this podcast, though. No. 
This is important. Um, because we'll tell you what you need to know about them. If you say, say if you're out there, if you're like MCU curious mm. and you know, you're just like, you know, I've heard that the early part of the MCU and, and these largely, these movies largely do come in the early part of the MCU, uh, that it's not so great that it gets really go It gets going later. And, but you got to sort of know all these characters. We'll just listen to our podcast. We'll tell you all about it. And then you don't have to watch these. Now you and I will probably end up even this next one we'll probably rewatch it at some point. Yeah. Well, this one I kind of don't want to rewatch, but let's go into it. Okay, so the worst the worst MCU project is Thor: The Dark World. Oh yeah. A terrible terrible movie. Yeah. So so we want to answer a few questions. So why is this bad? So the first thing um, the CGI is a mess. Mm-hmm. This movie is so dark. It feels like it had like a, there was like a filter on the camera that just made it dark the whole time. Yeah. And there probably was. Yeah, there, there, there totally was. And I wonder if they felt that it would help sell some of the, they, so they needed to have a lot, a lot of fantastical creatures here because of the dark mm-hmm. elves. And you spent a lot of time on this other planet in the movie. This other planet apparently doesn't have much light at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, dark elves. Yeah, it, it is. Just because they're the dark elves doesn't mean that their planet has no starlight. I think, I think they were going with a theme. Okay. But it, <laughs> it did make it hard to see. It did make it very hard to see. Um, the, uh, the dark elves themselves, I don't think, um, are all that interesting. So they are. So the idea is that. You know, we've seen in in Thor, by this point in the MCU, we had seen with Thor in the first one and then through the Avengers as well that there's a a big gap between, like, the technology and the power of Asgardians versus humans. Mm -hmm. And in this, we're supposed to have the understanding that there's a similar gap between Dark Elves and Asgardians. Like, Mm -hmm. Dark Elves have been around longer. They've got more advanced technology. They're supposed to be more advanced as a, as a, as a, as a race of people, but that, that's supposed to be sort of a similar gap. Right. Um, it's unclear what their advancements are. <laughs> yeah. They don't really seem better. I mean, they, they have the, what we now know is an infinity stone. Right. Uh, that they call the ether. Right. But beyond that, uh, here, here's another question for you. What's the difference between a dark elf and the frost giant, other than like, like the powers? Like, really, like what makes them character-wise different? They're smaller. Yeah, <laughs> that's a physical <laughs> difference. But there's there's no like characteristic traits. They you know? just hate Asgardians. That's the only thing that's they it. hate Asgardians. And the dark elves want to destroy the universe. Yeah, it's unclear why. They hold a grudge. Yeah, is one yeah. thing that's clearly the case. But yeah. Yeah, and so so within the MCU, there's other aliens that that seem to have at least different characteristics. Like the Kree, also evil, <laughs> at mm-hmm. times, uh, they they're a bit different. They 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 have a somewhat similar power bent, but they're a little bit more military focused. Right. It, control of their society seems like a thing, and then there's some reactions too that they were almost wiped out. That's like a big thing. The scrolls are very different. Like their yeah. their characteristics are way different. 
And if you compare it to other fiction, like uh, Star Trek does a really good job of like, there's characteristics of the different aliens. They yeah. make them have different wants and desires. As, yeah. As the frost giants are just bigger and blue. That's the only, like, yeah. they still have like, even like the same angular faces and kind yeah. of pointy ears. It's just, yeah. They so the CG, and the, so yeah. the CGI, we, we're not fond of the color. Um, so this is another uh, Star Wars reference that we're going to make here, but um, everybody out there that's seen the Star Wars prequels, so episodes one, two, and three, the Phantom Menace, the Attack of the Clones, the Return of the Sith, or Revenge of the Sith, Natalie Portman is less than interested in being in those movies. She's oh, in yeah. them. Yeah, she, she exists. But you can tell, like, behind the scenes, she's just counting money. Mm-hmm. Right? She's just, oh, my God, what, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Oh, they paid me. Um, yeah. She's even less interested in this film. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to believe there's some sort of deep love between her and Thor, and she's got no chemistry with Thor at all. Yeah, she's ready to go the whole time. Yeah, it, it is hard to believe that she is less interested in this movie than she was in the prequels. But, but it's but clear. The way, <laughs> I have a prequel story for you. Speaking okay. Of, um, I was walking by an antique store with antique t-shirts vintage clothes right mm-hmm. they had a star wars t-shirt in the vintage clothes it was a t-shirt for the prequels not for the original trilogy and that made me feel very old yeah that's like when we see those like you know 22 year olds that are wearing nirvana t-shirts yeah classic it's rock like, yeah it's like wait a minute you weren't even alive when kirk cobain shot himself in the head Right, and it's because to them it's classic rock. So, yes, the prequels are now vintage. Yeah, so this movie, I believe, was like 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, so Natalie Portman is not interested, and she's supposed to be one of the two leads, and it's a problem. <laughs> it's a rather big problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, and couple that with the fact that the best actress from the first one was Kat Dennings, and they totally, in this one, totally underutilize her. She's not in enough scenes. She doesn't have enough lines. Yeah. And uh, I think we've now seen this. This is a, a good thing that Marvel does is uh, they try to rectify the past. So they fix the, the Kat Dennings underusage problem by giving her a really great role in WandaVision that everyone yeah. loves. That everybody loves. Now, even there, you could probably say, hey, we missed her the last two episodes. Yeah. but uh, But she did have... You know, she got to come back, and she was funny and, and, and pithy, and it was great. Yeah, way more screen time. Excellent. We are ready to see more Darcy in the MCU. Yes, I, I am awaiting the, 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 the news, and we will, sh- we will hear, hear first mm-hmm. on uh, Presents, the MC, unofficial MCU podcast, um, that, you know, that she's got a buddy cop movie with, uh, what's his name, John Woo? Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. A buddy cop with John would be also interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. There'd be a lot of slow motion flips and stuff, though. And doves and gunplay. Yeah, lots of doves and gunplay. Um, so, Malekith. Mm. That's the first time we're saying his name. Yeah. And probably the last time. Um, he's the main villain. Yes. He's a bad guy. He, again, he's got very little, very little distinguishes in between him and the other Dark Elves. Yeah. Just kind of a jerk. He's a more famous actor playing him. Yes. Um, you and I are comic book nerds. Mm-hmm. We have been for 30 plus years. I had never heard of Malekith before this film. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's not exactly one of the big... Now, to be fair, Thor in general that wasn't in my wheelhouse. Thor's been around for a long time. Popular Thor enough. Has been. But enough that I had known... I knew who Loki was. Yep. I knew that the, there, were, there were frost giants. Right. Uh, I knew the Enchantress. Sure, yeah. Um, this one, I knew the big wolf. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one was... This was out of left field. So, yeah. Not only out of left field for comic book fans, I'm going to argue that even Marvel thinks this is out of left field. So even now, 10 years after this movie comes out, if you go to the official Marvel Unlimited app and you go by character, you can get almost every character known to man there. Because mm-hmm. it, Howard the Duck, you can find out. Yeah, well, Howard the Duck, again, had a movie. Fair sure. enough. But this guy's, you know, lead villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. You cannot search for him. In their own app. I had mm-hmm. to go to Google and figure it out to, to see if, like, oh, maybe I'll do some research. And it turns out his introduction is pretty lame. Yes, this is a bad movie. Um, what else is bad? Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I think the other bad thing is just, like, where this happens in, the, in this period of time. So this is not just bad for the movie, but, like, Marvel sort of hit a high leading all the way up to Avengers. Avengers movie is very popular. Iron Man 3 comes out, which is, spoiler, not in this list of like the worst movies. It's still kind of meh, right? Yeah. Uh, and we will also soon see another Iron Man movie. Obviously, had come before Iron Man 3, which is not great. Mm-hmm. This movie comes out, and it makes you feel like, oh boy, this whole Marvel thing might not work out. Now... Yeah. Thankfully, we know that that was not the case. But at this point in time, I saw this on a plane, which is probably the only way you should see this movie, in this tiny window <laughs> when you're forced. I also think it might be better to watch it without the uh, sound. So if you like, yeah. watch it over somebody's shoulder. Oh, even better. Yeah. And maybe, maybe there's subtitles, maybe there's not. You don't, there's not enough dialogue that you really care. Yeah. And then you don't have to really get the sense of, you know, Natalie Portman sort of really checked out. <laughs> yeah. So I watched it then. Uh, I also, I think on that same very long plane ride, saw Age of Ultron. I was almost stopped watching Marvel at that point in time because that, that almost did it. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get to those, those movies later, but uh, um, I think you and I are going to disagree a little bit about Age of Ultron. I think it's a little bit better than you think, but eh, yeah. it's okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so are there anything, is there anything redeeming about this film? What's good about it? Yeah, so we know that uh, Tom Hiddleston's been actually pretty great throughout his whole MCU run. He's he he carries these films. I mean, he's got a lot to carry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, his back looks pretty good after carrying these films. Still, I mean, because it, it, it was hard. Yeah, because clearly Hemsworth's not yet comfortable in his stardom yet. He's not quite there. Yeah, he, you don't really get like prime you don't really get prime super comfortable chris hemsworth till ragnarok right where he's super comfortable being that character and a lot of people need three movies to really get into a role i mean no but this is a hard <laughs> this is a hard role to, to i think they 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 clearly cast this guy as kind of nothing from nothing mm-hmm. into into this and uh hiddleston was ready and i don't think hemsworth was right away yeah hemsworth has certainly grown into it and you know i think Infinity War is his movie. Ragnarok is his mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, um, he's great in both of those. Yeah, he's um, great, great in Endgame, That's... and he's great in Endgame too. But 
Yeah. Um, I think Infinity War is kind of his hero journey. Yeah, he carries a lot. So, so yeah, but Hiddleston, though, always does great, really yeah. great in this movie. Uh, yeah. And we mentioned the, the bad thing was the underuse of Kat Dennings. When Kat Dennings is in that scene, that final act where things are warping mm-hmm. all throughout London. like For some reason, we don't need to go into why. Yeah, she's really great there. Mm-hmm. And that, that was pretty good. Yeah. I'd also say the other good thing is that scene. Like the, yeah. the teleporting stuff, kind of cool. A little clever. It looked, I mean, that part, it's almost like they, they blew all their CGI budget on that scene. Yeah. And then they realized they had to make elves look like elves and make them dark. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I kind of liked the uh, the the fake out scene that Thor and Loki do at the very end, where they make it look like he cuts off Thor's hand and and Loki fakes his death. Sure. Again, yeah. Again, yeah. L- Loki's big on that. Kind of, yeah. So, um, is this movie important? Significant? Um, I think it sadly is. it is. It's yeah. sadly it's sadly significant. Um, the biggest thing I'm going to say is uh, the death of Frigga, right? Yeah. Like that, that's now come up multiple times. And this is the scene, and this is the movie where they go back in Endgame that Thor and Rocket go back in to get the, the Infinity Stone. Right. This is, right. The, this is the movie that they decided to go back into. So I have a theory behind that. And my theory is, I think just like what we saw with WandaVision correcting the sins of the past, where they, they basically improved Ultron. For sure. sure. Mm-hmm. They also reutilized Kat Dennings and Jim, more Jimmy Woo. I won't say he was underutilized in mm-hmm. Man and the Wasp, but we got more. Sure. So that they were doing a, a great job of like, hey, we'll, we'll fix things that we can in this mm-hmm. TV series. I think that's why they did it in Endgame. This is the f- Endgame is the first time they're like, you know what, that movie, we got to make that movie better. It's the only yeah. way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, so... I think um, you know. There's also a little bit of a link to the Loki series too. Loki goes back and go, goes forward in time, yeah, to see mm-hmm. to see some of his future, and he does see the death of his mom, and he's moved by it. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So this this movie is strangely significant. You don't have to watch it though, because we right. just told you why it's significant. And I'm going to speak. This is from a dad point of view. If you like me are in this situation where you're trying to bring your family through a watch of the MCU, many of you listening, if you are of like our age and mm-hmm. point in life, you're probably going to go through this. I will recommend you skip this movie. <laughs> the biggest problem that you can have, where you know your kids or your family gets this inkling, like, "Hey, I'd like to watch this Marvel thing. I hear a lot about it." They might stop the whole thing unless they're like way into it. So mm-hmm. you're you're basically either in one of two camps. Like number one. Everything superheroes is great. They're just going to plow through it. No That's worries. That's my kid. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you're me, my kid's sort of on the borderline. Like, eh, mm-hmm. maybe they'll watch it. Maybe they'll watch something else. This movie will make them stop. So do right. not make them watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in, in fact, and this is the last, uh, this is, we'll, we'll let Elliot have the last word. That's my son. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I asked him to go through the entire ranking that I went through, too. Uh, and his sentence, he gave me a statement on each thing. Uh, this is, uh, he says, trash. Loki dies the second time. What? <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Well said. Uh, well said. The next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this, is, this movie is kind of so bad that Disney, Disney Plus doesn't even have it. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, this is the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Ed Norton's Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Officially is part of the MCU. 
it, it officially is. Robert Downey Jr. is in it. As yeah, is at the very uh, end. William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. A lot of thought a lot of William Hurt in this movie. Yeah. Oh, this is a whole lot of hurt. Uh, <laughs> I, I think also now from where we are now in time, it, it seems clear that the abomination will be making a return to the MCU. Into, into the MCU. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Um, so why is this bad? This also oh. has a CGI problem. Oh, it's this one is the worst CGI so, on our list. So yeah, so Hulk has one face. Mm-hmm. When, he, when when Ed Norton turns into the Hulk, there's one face, and it's basically it looks like he's straining to take a crap. Yeah, uh, Hulk's hair is also really bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is odd. And and you know, Mike, you've done some work with uh, with animation and, and mm-hmm. computer generated imaging, and you know it's hard. Like um, I remember uh, the movie Brave, which has a a, a, a redheaded princess, where mm-hmm. it's you know. The hair apparently it took it took just years to to write the programming to make the hair right. So hair can be difficult. Sure, um, I'm gonna. But the whole, but whole hair, hair is really bad. Hair can be difficult. Long hair can be difficult. His hair is really short. Yes. <laughs> it still looks really bad. Yes, I think the other thing in time when you watch this, this was not very long after another Hulk movie, the Ang Lee one, which was also a bad Hulk movie. That yeah. mo- that movie was bad because it was boring. Yeah, the Hulk in that movie looked good though. The Hulk in that movie looked better than this one. There yeah. were some, there were still, still some problems. Yeah, that Hulk, that that Hulk moved better. Yeah, and I think this is also due to the time, like where it was in CGI. This is, you know, decades ago. It's uh, it's funny because yeah. you know, just like three years later or two years later, when when they did. Uh, uh, the first Avengers movie, Hulk looks completely different. Hulk's, Hulk looks great. Yeah. And yeah. Hulk's got multiple facial, you know, emotions that he can have. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Abomination, who we only see, thankfully, for one scene. Yeah. At the very end, yeah. is worse, to, to be honest with you. Yeah, he, he, does, <clears throat> he does not look great. So uh, the, plot, the plot of this movie sort of falls apart. Um, when Banner leaves, he's living in Brazil, uh, when he leaves Brazil to come here. And then it's just a cluster bleep of, of CGI jumping around and breaking things and strange acting and Ed Norton being Ed Norton. It's just, it's not, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but nah, it doesn't really make sense. Like, I think we have a sense of what they were trying to do. Um, I, I, and I, I think this is like the whole point of the movie is, is they haven't quite figured out the formula yet, like what to do with these characters. So I think technically this movie is the second of the MCU movies, right? So we've got yeah. Iron Man and then this one. Yes. And they, they, the, 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 the mood of these two movies can possibly be more different. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that Iron Man, if you watch it now, it holds up pretty darn well. It does. It does. It's got, it's got the right balance of humor, seriousness, drama, you know, pathos, everything that you sort of need. Mm-hmm. This movie, there's no funny parts in this movie. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking for, like, the occasional joke, like, there's one. And I will tell it to you right now. So I'll tell it to you so you don't have to watch this movie. Uh, they come to New York for some reason. Mm-hmm. He and uh, so Ed Norton and uh, Liv Tyler 
also she looks slightly more interested to being in this movie than Natalie Portman was in the previous one. Oh yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Um, um, they're in New York. They're looking at the subway line and she says, I think the quickest way to get where we're going is to take the subway. And, and he looks at her and says, me in a tube with the, I think he says the, the angriest, most aggressive uh, humans on the planet. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. That's, that's the whole joke. Yeah. It was awkward. Definitely awkward. Um, apparently, Ed Norton did try to rewrite a lot of this. So I don't, I don't, and I haven't gone a deep dive into that because it's not that interesting to me. No. But I wonder what parts that he rewrote. <laughs> like all of it? <laughs> like if he, like, like, because clearly there's two movies going on here, right? And uh, so, I mean, what else bad? You've got a, you made this great point and I'll let you say it, but. Um, yeah, the, this movie, it, it really is a sign of the times where it's, it does feel more like an action flick. And that's kind of what I mean by tone, where right. they really knew what they were doing with Iron Man, where this, it's got this, it's like an action comedy hi- adventure hybrid, right? Like that's what most MC mo- mm-hmm. MCU movies are. Right. But this one is like, at the time, we're like, oh, these are 90s action movies. Action movies yeah. have a certain feel, and like this is all they are, and that's what they try to do here, even though it involves a superhero. Yeah, and you know, as we go on in the MCU, there's clearly some some movies that come out that are that are distinctly different. So, you know, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier is clearly a spy movie. You get the Ant Man movies; they're clearly heist movies. You get you get different sort of, you know, you get more comedic movies like Ragnarok. You get more. You've got this weird space movies and with the guardians of the galaxy um this one and and we'll get to it a little bit but this one should have been a fugitive type movie mm-hmm. right they had an opportunity to make it that and then and then it just becomes uh uh we're gonna you know break stuff yeah <laughs> that's where the action parts really sort of fall apart yeah and and part of it was the the action part wasn't very interesting um, Hulk is a very difficult character to do, I think, mm-hmm. and to make him uh, not overly powerful. But uh, you kind of have to up the ante in terms of like who he's fighting, right? <clears throat> well, and but, cl- uh, clearly the MCU figures it out later on. <clears throat> exactly. So other plot things that are really bad, as I mentioned, William Hurt is in this movie. It's the same mm-hmm. character, actually. This is Thunderbolt yeah. Ross early on in his career. Yeah. Uh, we see how badly Thunderbolt Ross this. manages everything. How does he keep going up in his career? He just It's white privilege. He just fails upward. This is the most mediocre white man <laughs> failing up that I've seen. We, we end the movie after he's disgraced. He's just destroyed half of Manhattan. And he is just throwing back Jack Daniels in a bar. Yeah. Right. That's, that's it. Yeah. He, that's how it ends. <laughs> As he should, like, that's all he should get to do, but no, mm-hmm. he, he's going to get to go way up in the world. Yep. He becomes the secretary of state. I believe the next time we see him is uh age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so he has the gall to get mad at the Avengers for creating a problem when he himself has done the same thing. Yeah. Um, so what's good about it? So I will say, I kind of like the first 30 minutes where they're in Brazil. He's trying to sort of science. So 
you know, the idea is he's trying to cure himself of his Hulkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Banner doesn't want to be Hulk. Uh, so he's trying to do some science stuff. He's working in a factory. He's, you know, fixing things. You know, the first time we see the monster, it's in the shadows and it's kind of creepy. I kind of like that scene. Yeah. Uh, it it, it would have been an interesting, if had they kept that theme going through the whole thing, like like if it, if it had been sort of a, he's on the run fugitive type movie where he's just going from, you know, country to country where he's not trying to, go to New York city for some reason. Yeah. And the other thing that worked well is like when the Hulk comes out, that's it's portrayed like a horror movie coming out of the shadows. It could have always been that like on the run when the Hulk comes out, it's always a horror. It's portrayed as horror, not action. Yeah. And we even get a little bit of that when we first see him in Avengers, right? When he's Mm -hmm. on the helicarrier and the scene with black widow, that is a, that's a scary scene. Right. So, they could have done that. They they don't like. There's no reconciliation Spoiler between. Like, yeah, he was. <laughs> he starts off as like a monster that he's afraid of, and then the next time you see him, he's just like, "Oh, go Hulk!" So the yeah. the audience doesn't really have a way of connecting the two. Now compare that again to where it's done well in Avengers when he comes out the first time. You know, he's provoked into this. This was mm-hmm. clearly the bad guys made this happen. It was Loki's plan. Mm-hmm. He falls down. And then when he comes out again, it's it's under his own power. That's he uh-huh. famously gives the line, you know, that's I'm, why yeah, I'm, I'm always I'm angry. Always angry. Yeah. yeah, which is great. They're totally yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, more character development for, for the Mark Ruffalo Hulk in about, you know, 27 minutes of screen time versus Ed Norton, who's on the damn screen for <laughs> two hours. Yeah. Um, uh, so what's, is there anything else good about it? I... I will go a little bit back to the 90s action movie thing. So the one thing that is kind of nice going back is that it does feel a little refreshing to dive into a 90s action movie after watching mm-hmm. a lot of MCU. Like MCU, I think at its lower points, not even like low points like this bad of a movie, the, the worst you could say about the MCU is it gets kind of formulaic at times. Sure. And some things are just always a little bit samey. Even the way it's shot is typically the same. There's yeah. lots been talked about the MCU color palette. This yeah. movie's a little refreshing in that way. It's like sometimes it's good to have a, a disposable action movie, and that's what this movie is. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is disposable. So is it significant? I think I think it is the least significant MCU movie. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to know any of this mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um in in my, in our rewatch, family rewatch, we this movie the, the kids sort of brought up like, oh wait, they don't have the Hulk movie because you just sort of look online and you see this right. list there, and I'm like, and I was like, don't worry, you don't need to see it. <laughs> I didn't even have to give him a description. I think I think the only way I saw this movie, so I I recently rewatched it mm-hmm. uh, with the whole fam, um, but the only way I had seen it before was like, and this is probably pre, pre, predating most streaming services, but just like flipping through and it's on TNT mm-hmm. at, you know, two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Cause I've got insomnia sometimes. Yeah. And I watch, you know, 40 minutes of it. <clears throat> right. And that's it. That's so I've, I pieced it. I, I quilted together the movie over the course of several years, probably. <laughs> well, very so, nice. That That's probably the, the best way to watch this movie. Yeah, pretty much. I, I do think that, that's it is a good TNT movie and that it's disposable mm-hmm. and you can just sort of watch little bits 
and not really care because there's it's a no good one to, to watch while you're doing something else. Like if you're sure. doing something you really don't want to, you don't need your full brain for. Yeah. You know? So. All right. So uh, Elliot says, uh, when I asked him, you know, what do you think about the Hulk? He says, worse, worst, because I haven't seen. Hmm. Now, we did see it. <laughs> and I asked him if he wanted to uh, add a new statement, and he said no. Uh, very wise. <laughs> so he still thinks it's the worst. Okay. So, all right. So what's our next movie? Uh, our next movie, yet again, involves the God of Thunder. It does. This is the first edition of the God of Thunder, Thor 1. Thor 1. So uh, it's a little bit, it's, it's, there's definitely a gap between Hulk and this one. Yeah, we're now hitting the more watchable area. Yeah, yeah. If the the next two movies that we're going to discuss tonight, I mean, you could you could watch these movies. Yeah. It, it, to be fair, I did have my family watch this one, so this that, yeah. this is crossing that threshold. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and we talked a little bit about this with the Hulk movie too, but I think one of the problems with the first two Thor movies is it it didn't know the filmmakers didn't know what kind of movie it was. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is the director of the first one. I don't remember if he directed the sequel or not. Um, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't remember. It's not worth even looking up. Um, but I know Kenneth Branagh, you know, Shakespearean actor, director extraordinaire. If you haven't seen his version, of the, the film version of Hamlet that he did, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, much Ado About Nothing. He is Hercule Poirot now in the in the Agatha Christie things. He's a brilliant actor, brilliant director great at just about everything he does yes this is not good (laughs) and it's almost like he got anthony hopkins in a movie he got renee russo in a movie and it was a costume drama and he was going to make it epic and glorious and the whole point of the epic and glorious with the thor character in the comics is that it's a fish out of water sort of sort of thing right like he can't be, you know, Shakespeare in New York City. It's it's weird. Yeah, I I, I think the stuff that does work. I guess we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. But I can some see what they, some of it does. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see why they try to do it, and I, we'll get into that more when we get to the the good things. But you're right. On the whole, Kenneth Branagh was not. The I don't right know, choice. Who, not the right choice, but to be fair, I don't know who the right choice was. <laughs> Certainly in 2010 or whenever they, they, made, they made the decisions on this, I don't know who would have been available that would have been perfect for it. Yeah. Because they weren't getting, they weren't getting like super big names at that time. They were getting John Favreau, who, you know, was an indie filmmaker mm-hmm. and then, you know, did that. They got Joss Whedon, who, you know, TV. Television. Mm-hmm. Guy, right you know they 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 built the russo brothers it wasn't like you know nowadays you get taika watiti who's like an accomplished filmmaker on his own and you can get him but back then i think there was still sort of this scorsesean sort of idea that you know these comic book movies weren't you know cinema yeah they they would have what we call like a, a bootstrapping problem like to get the whole endeavor started to be as big as what you needed to be to keep sustaining more and more movies that build on each other. You need to have the clout so that you could just, you could get your pick of the best talent for the the project. They didn't really have that here. Yeah. So, um, I think, and, and, and maybe this is wrong, but I think, so 
so Loki becomes the the the, the main villain in the Avengers movie, and mm-hmm. he is largely the main villain villain in this film. Yes, I think I think with that foreknowledge that he's going to be the 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 villain in the Avengers, I think that really hurt the character and sort of the uh, the the plot of this film. Yeah, the stakes weren't the same. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Where like this is where a little bit of the weight of the full MCU weighs down on this movie. Yeah, because it's like you just you you kind of know that. Well, I mean, this guy's a star. They're not going to get rid of him after this film. Yeah, I mean, they they throw him into space, but you know that that doesn't kill him. We we already knew that he was the villain <clears throat> in Avengers, <throat> so that really does take a little bit away. Yeah. So, um, and. And I and I don't know if this if you if you agree with this or not, but the acting was better. I think Natalie Portman was far more interested in this film than she was in the next one. Um, I'm not sure that everybody was acting in the same movie. Hmm. If that makes sense. So I I, I think you know that it's certainly very very distinct distinct between Asgard and Earth. You know, to to figure out exactly what people were doing in like what what their motivation was what their character was um i don't know that uh that anthony hopkins had any idea what he was getting into <laughs> yeah i could imagine him on set like what is this thing again what's yeah. a space bridge like what? i bet i you know i i wonder if like they they just told him you're gonna be odin and he just knew the mythology of it so he's like okay i can be odin yeah and then why are you telling me about you know the space bridge and Niflheim. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. What is this? <clears throat> so yeah, that I, I think that was clearly a problem. Yeah. So, um, I also I am not crazy about the the way they the way they made Asgard in either of these Thor movies. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think the it looks pretty good in Ragnarok, but the best part of Ragnarok is that they're not in Asgard most of that movie. Yeah. True. I, I don't know if they're trying to be comic accurate or not, but th- there's other ways they could have done it because we, they make a big point in this movie to talk about how, um, you know, mag- what's magic if not just technology that's so far advanced to us just appear to be magic. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be what you're supposed to get out of Asgard. I think that's right. really clear because Marvel makes it really clear that we don't have magic until Doctor Strange. Right. So the Asgardians are supposed to be super technologically advanced. Uh, that being said, they all act like it's magic. <laughs> right. And the and, look is and, like fantasy. Like the yeah, look is and, definitely and, weird fantasy. And Thor's kind of dumb as a rock. Yes, yeah, right? super dumb. Yeah, that's the whole point. Like yeah. you think he'd be able to, when he goes down and talks to earthlings that are, you know, scientists, that he'd be able to communicate with them and be like, no, this is, that's not how that works. This is how it works. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, because if it is science, there's some math involved. <laughs> and he's got to have like ideas of numbers and you know i'm pretty sure i don't know if he can count past the warriors three <laughs> uh very possible now i guess the, on the flip side uh you know maybe thor's used to using his version of the iphone and like he's like what do you mean you can't just <laughs> multiply two gigantic numbers like i did it right now yeah why didn't he bring that with him hmm. he should have brought his iphone he should have so so is there anything good about it what's good about it yeah, and I think now we're getting to the part of these movies where there are a bunch of good things. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the little bit of the, the fish out of water stuff. Like, I think the scene at the diner 
where mm-hmm. they're eating and he's just eating everything. And every time he, you know, drinks a beer, he just throws the glass on the ground. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Um, Kat Dennings is great. As always. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He goes to drink with, uh, Natalie Portman's boss. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the, that kind of stuff actually pretty effective. Yes. Uh, I, I also the part where he is in the trailer with Natalie Portman, she's putting like the cereal or something in her, her cabinet because <laughs> she clearly isn't used to like i don't know she's she lives like a slob she does she's she lives like a dude yeah and i actually thought that was like much better character development than we get in any of the thor the dark world which is funny because oh, yeah. this movie comes first yes and, it, and they have more character moments than they do later on when they should have more to work with yeah i just she just doesn't care yeah she cares more and so like <laughs> she, her acting awkward with Thor in that scene is actually pretty effective. Like she's clearly a little smitten with the yeah our god of thunder. Yeah, he is a he is an attractive man. Yeah, and they play off of that a lot. Uh, that that's that part is pretty good. So those kind yeah. of the, those slow moments in this movie, pretty good. The slow moments in this movie are better than either of the two movies that we've talked about already. Yes, because those slow moments are boring. <laughs> yes, or bad or they don't just, make any sense. just bad yeah just yeah. flat out bad um i'm also going to say that i think they made some good choices story-wise so you know since we are hard researchers on this podcast i went back yes, we are. to read the first thor comics where it starts off that thor is actually donald blake in the movie it's, that's he's, a, he's, a, he's a weakling like a like a, t- a stereotypical 98 pound weakling right yeah, he's a doctor, a doctor who's crippled. They they make a big deal to show that he's oh he needs his cane. He's crippled. I'm like oh, yeah. that's a little mean. Um, <laughs> and then he finds the Thor's hammer, and that be- makes him into Thor. So it's supposed to go that direction. He's a right. human. Although later on, it's revealed like oh no 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 that human was never really a human. He was Thor the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't find that out until up till comic one fifty nine. Yeah. So, so the, several years. Yeah, this one totally eliminates that. Like they. The plot of Thor, Odin makes Thor into human or takes away his powers multiple times in the comics mm-hmm. run. It's like, I'm mad at you again. You're going to lose your powers. Well, I think one thing that the MCU sort of, and they do this right away with the Iron Man movie, right, is like the idea of a secret identity mm-hmm. is something that they don't really care about. Yeah, they right? cut that. Yeah, so, and even when we you know, go on, and we'll certainly talk about this much later, but when we get into uh, the Civil War... Captain America Civil War, the Civil War is not about, in the, in the comics, it's all about secret identities, right? Yes. Everybody's going to release their secret identity and we're going to know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Oh my God. That's not what it's about in, in that film. It's about, you know, some other entity controlling what, 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 what actions these superhero groups are going to be able to take. Yeah. <clears throat> and just yeah. the, even the registration of a superhero and, you know, being like, almost like a, licensed yeah it's way more interesting in uh, civil war and dare i say they they explore it even further in agents of shield and i think they do a really good job of showing the implications of what this would be yeah so like the complete idea like like the idea that thor back when he was created we have to have okay thor the god of thunder he's gonna have a secret identity yeah why we're not so sure because all the superheroes at that point had a secret identity. You know, you right. take off a pair of glasses and you're somebody new. Right. So they did do a good job of consolidating that, cutting right to the chase. 
It's like they Thor's also, Thor. Thor's Thor. <laughs> the comics also have a hard time of like, the comics want to put him back in Asgard. So what they do is they tell these tales from Asgard. So Thor, <laughs> those are supposedly taking place in a different timeline because the Thor that you see in the comics for the alternate timeline is like you know, Thor on Earth as Donald Blake. That's right. all a mess. This movie actually does a really good job. Like, hey, here's Asgard. There's a bridge. Go between it. Boom. Yeah. Nice and concise. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then the aforementioned Kat Dennings is great in this movie. Yeah. Really funny. She's just an intern here. Yeah. So we see her. <laughs> we're going to keep coming back to this. In WandaVision, she's gotten her PhD. She's a scientist. Yeah, she's there. already Foster's boss. Yeah. She's a, she's a doctor. Boss. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, is this movie significant? Uh, yes, it is. In that, number one, you need to know who Thor is. Right? You need to know who Loki is. Right. Avengers 1 goes right into Thor being... The events of the movie Thor are impactful. Yeah. Because it, it, it's not clear that there's a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. So they, they throw Loki into space. He must have some way of figuring out how to save himself. And then... Yeah was on his uh, Avengers sort of uh, uh, revenge tour. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in Avengers 1, the, the whole reason that S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to be ex- doing experiments on the, the Tesseract was uh, because of... Because of Thor. Because of Thor. Because, because of Thor. Yeah. Because they know that aliens exist. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say that uh, in, now that we've gone further in the MCU and we know that they knew about aliens because of Captain Marvel. Uh, this is a lie. Yeah. I mean, it was a different group of aliens, but sure. But this, this is definitely a lie. Now, S.H.I.E.L.D. lying? Oh, surprise, surprise me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Totally rewritable in the context. Um, I, the will say, I will say the final fight between the Destroyer and uh, Thor and the Warriors 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, the action, not very good yeah. in this movie. The whole, like, the Destroyer is a great comic book villain and mm-hmm. comic book action thing, right? Because he's this just, like, a golem or, like, a, just a big monolith. He's indestructible, and he can just, he, but he's slow moving. Yeah. And it's just, like, the whole point of all these other characters is they're fast and they can jump around and we can do this in a in a in a cinematic way they should have updated the the destroyer character to be quicker and to be like you know it can move around it could it can you know just be interesting (laughs) yeah be more interesting and it's like like they fought ultrons right in in a future movie and that looked great right you know this looks stupid (laughs) yeah there is something kind of dumb about this giant slow moving robot that yeah doesn't it's like really... all of it's like yeah. all of the slow moving zombie movies yeah we're just like what why are we doing this yeah and, and everything looks clear that they have no way of beating like they they punch him and nothing happens and like he just keeps walking forward yeah yeah dumb fight so anyway dumb fight um but uh so the and, and if we want to continue sort of significance from a you know with you know loki and thor and this kind of ties in back into Thor too, you know. So we've got Loki being the villain here. Loki tries to destroy the Earth, mm-hmm. full on genocide. 
by the end of Thor 2, Loki and Thor are like buddies again. Yes. And they're working together. Yes. He tried genocide. <laughs> yeah, he said that human beings can't have free will and must yeah. be ruled. Yeah. He tried to kill us all. Yeah, he Come had on, a, whole, a whole army. There's there's a lot of... Uh, yeah. There's not another Asgardian that could have helped you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Sif, Lady Sif couldn't have helped you. So th- this is another sort of oversight because from the comics and from Norse mythology, <clears throat> Thor and Sif are supposed to be, well, they're a couple. And yeah. uh, in the comics, he, he there's a comic book version of Sif, Lady Sif, works with Thor a lot and they go on adventures and they do things. Mm-hmm. But, I will say, well, in the comics, it's hard to find two characters that haven't been with one another. That's true. <laughs> you know, they're... That you just you, they they jump sheets and beds. It's just yeah, yeah. So they don't often yeah. show too much, obviously. But yeah, you know, yeah. There are I mean, just now. about every character has been with another character. I mean, yeah, yeah. That so anyhow, why? Yeah, it's kind of a weird plot thing to have Thor buddy, but obviously they liked putting Thor and uh, Loki together because they're they they do have on stream on-screen chemistry far more than thor and jane foster yeah i think that was the realization of like wait a minute these two guys get along <laughs> yeah and they and they they like each other they, they look like they enjoy each other's company they actually act like they could be brothers yeah they bicker wow. in a way that's brotherly and uh you you actually buy their relationship yeah so uh so elliot my son says uh of this movie boring ass movie loki dies for the first time that was his statement mm. it is the first time mm-hmm. uh my wife, Amy, says, I can't believe it made that much money. And I think that's why we get the aforementioned Thor 2. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, if, if, well, I mean, it all changes because the Avengers comes in between the two. Uh, yeah. But I wonder if, uh, if it hadn't made so much money, whether they would have just been like, okay, you know what? Maybe we'll, we'll just set Thor aside for a little while. Well, timeline-wise, it was this was really significant for this movie to do well because that really that makes the Marvel movies like one, two, three. It sets them all up for the Avengers. So this one was the third one. Yep. Uh, we get one more before the Avengers, right? We get Captain. We, America. we get Captain America, which is a very good, <clears throat> solid movie. So that if Thor bombs, right? It so does. Then you're, look, then you're looking like it's it's Avengers. 50, it's fifty fifty, right? Because we right. got. Well, we had Iron Man two that right. came out before before uh, before the Avengers as well. Yeah. So we had five movies. Right. So the Incredible Hulk. But yeah, so you're the world looks a lot different if leading up to the Avengers, this isn't a good movie because you've got a clear majority of movies that are at least decent. And it's not. It's not a good movie, but it made a lot of money. Right. Right. Because I think I think even Thor made more money than Captain America: First Avenger. Yeah, just it came out at a, a better time of the year. I think is what happened. Right. Yeah. Nothing else was going on. Yeah. Captain America had Captain America is a clearly better movie. <laughs> right. Right. And we'll get to that in another episode. Yeah. But uh, our last movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just mentioned it, Iron Man Two. Yeah. So this is the uh, the fourth worst movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. And for context, I did have my family watch this. They uh-huh. were wondering why I had them watch this. Although this is better than, than yeah. uh, Thor. It's better than Thor 2, Thor 1. 
Thor 1. Uh, I made them watch Thor 1 because I thought it would be significant. Mm-hmm. In retrospect, I would have skipped Thor 1. We might, we still might have watched Iron Man 2, though. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I could go either way on either of these two movies. Neither of them do much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is this bad? So uh, this is this is almost an old-school superhero movie. Yeah. Like when you think about like um, the early 2000s Spider-Mans, you had the Batmans that even came before that, um, uh, the X-Men movies. This, this one decided, so it was a sequel. The first Iron Man was a, you know, gangbusters. It was, it was great. Everybody loved it. Robert Downey Jr. is a, you know, a shooting star. Mm-hmm. They decide to throw 18 billion characters and, and plot lines into this movie. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's a lot going on. We have oh, we've got we've got two villains. We've got we've got Justin Hammer, who's like a another businessman. That's his power, right? <laughs> Hammer Industries yeah, is is a big thing in the, in the Iron Man in the comics. comic book. Yeah. yeah, he is. I mean, uh, and we'll get to this a little bit. Iron Man's got a really bad villain problem, and then they and then Whiplash, who the the the, the, the it's a he's got a whip. Yes, it's like electric or something. Yes. Right. So <laughs> that might have been a problem. Yeah. So he's going up against, you know, Tony Stark with, you know, the, the Iron Man suit and he's a whip guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and then they decided to throw two additional heroes into this movie, uh, including there's a, there's a lot of Nick Fury in this movie as well. Yep. This is to this point, I don't think we had seen this much Nick Fury. He's, he's in this a couple of scenes, but we get, we get War Machine finally. So Don Cheadle replaced uh, the previous actor for uh, uh, Colonel Colonel uh, Rhodes, right? And and then we get Shield has is infiltrating uh, Stark Industries with uh, Natasha Romanoff, uh, Black Widow, right. Scarlett Johansson. This is her first entry into the uh, MCU. Uh, we've got the love story between between Tony and. Pepper Potts, which is at the height of will they or won't they, yep. right? It's like full-on like Moonlighting Season 2 or uh, Friends Season 1. Um, we've got this weird, uh, not quite, they didn't want to go full-on, I'm a drinker, drunk kind of guy with Tony Stark, but it's clear that he's got a drinking problem. Yeah, they're definitely right? doing Devil in a Bottle. Like, that's... Yeah. The, the plot line They're, they are but then but then favreau was was at the time and even since it's just like oh we're not completely doing devil in a bottle <clears throat> other than uh, the fact that scenes look exactly like the comic book panels that's right like, that's right yeah. that's right but we're st- we're gonna but and and they clearly don't execute it in the same in, in, in a good way um we've got this weird sort of oedipal storyline with this uh this uh, uh parallel between the whiplash character and Tony Stark, they both are not living up to their father's expectations or whatever of them. Right. Oh, and <sighs> by the way, Tony's dying too. <laughs> oh, that's right. Tony's dying. He's got to figure out how to fix the arc reactor to make it not kill him. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Um, it was a huge mistake to cast Mickey Rourke. Yep. Um, he was really hot coming off of the, the wrestler, the movie, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I think that MCU is just like, Oh, we've, we're flush with money. Let's get somebody that's, you know, a quote unquote thespian who's going to bring some gravitas that can share the screen with Robert Downey Jr. And, um, we're going to make this, you know, we're going to elevate 
comic books into this into this movie. Uh, if if Natalie Portman didn't feel like she was uh, uh, interested in being there, what was Mickey Rourke in this movie? I I think he thought this was his excuse to do the worst possible Russian accent. It's bad, and and, and let's face it, the MCU is really bad with Russian accents. That's it. It almost made Black Widow, which is a good movie. We'll get to that later, but. Black, it almost made that movie bad. Yeah. Because they're, they're, everybody tries this bad Russian accent, and it's just like, guys, just you're, you're spies. You can have a regular accent. You don't yeah, have they, to be talking Russian. We, we saw them acting without the Russian accent before. It's like, yeah. hey, guys, they should have just said something like a little offhand. It's like, let's use our American accents. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's do it. Hey, since we're, since we're not in Russia right now, let's just go ahead and talk like normal. But, yeah, um, they could have had a nice excuse. We're speaking English. We don't need to be speaking <laughs> with a Russian accent. Yeah. Right? But yeah, his is really bad. Um, I likened it to, uh, you know, like an NBA team. Uh, like there's always that one guy in a contract year that has a great season mm-hmm. and maybe he has like a great playoff where he has like a 30 or a 40-point game. And you're like, ooh, I don't know. I mean, that guy's – I know that he's 29 years old and, you know, coming off of, you know – knee surgery the previous year but i don't know he 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 scored you know 22 points a game on 38 percent shooting and <laughs> and didn't pass the ball at all i don't know and it's like you know the knicks are going to sign that that guy to a max contract and that was what they did with mickey rourke here i just don't think you know if you go back and look at the history of mickey rourke uh he makes robert downey jr look like a choir boy Right. <laughs> totally. Uh, that being said, I was thinking of the rest, the, the wrestler the other day. That was a really good movie. It was. It was. It was a great movie. Mercer Tomei is amazing in it. Yeah. Um, well, and here's the thing. In that movie, he plays the role, and there's a lot going on emotionally for the character. You could see him weighing the things. You know, that's the movie's about like his former glory and his own mortality. Like he's risking his mortality to to sort of chase that, even though. There's other things going on in his life. He's got this relationship with Mr. Tomei. He's balancing all that, and that's what leads to the end. Like, will he do this or not? And uh, in this movie, his only motivation, as far as I could tell, is revenge on Stark. Like, that's it. Must kill Stark. There's he like, is pretty much Boris from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. It's so... Must ki- must come, Natasha, we must kill Bruce and Squail. <laughs> it's so one note. Yeah. And uh, the whole time, you know, that's what he's doing. And there's, there's nothing. There's like the other Marvel villains. They start to figure this out a bit more. There's a lot more going on. Let me ask you this. So the scene where, you know, he's got to get that bird. Mm, yes. he's, like it's a big like cockatoo or parrot or something like that. Yeah. And he keeps asking for his bird. Do we think that was in the script or is that just Mickey Wark asking for a bird? <laughs> like if we found out later it's like oh mickey rourke just wanted a bird and we just kept it in i you know i'll say at least him asking for the bird was a little more interesting than other yeah. things that whiplash Could have that happened. yeah Ugh. but anyway um so the only fairness that i think we should have with this is that iron man's rogues gallery of villains yeah is pretty bad to begin with i think it's the worst of any sort of major mcu character yeah, so I think what they really should have done is not killed off Obadiah Stane in the first one. Yeah, they probably should have kept him on, because kind of, kind of Lokiified him. Plus, it was Jeff Bridges. It was Jeff. You got the dude. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges apparently didn't know he was going to die till the end. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was CGI, and he, and he was like kind of hoping to be in more movies. 
Yeah, it would have been great. And he was actually like way more interesting. So they helped, the first movie is helped that you don't know he's the villain until a bit later. So it's a little bit of mm-hmm. a, a turn. There's things going on too where like the motivations are a little less clear. He feels betrayed. He doesn't like that. <laughs> that Tony's in that position. He felt he was trying to bring up Stark Industries. You could have kept him alive and figured yeah. out a way to work him into almost yeah. the same role. Yeah. Because, like, and then if you think about other Iron Man villains, like, the Mandarin is kind of racist. Totally. <laughs> Which Not is even kind of racist, just racist. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow is probably the third best Iron Man villain, and yeah. they turned her good right away. Right. (laughs) They couldn't because of the Avengers. They had to like immediately switch that. But uh, yeah, so they they were, I mean, Justin Hammer probably should have been the main villain. Yeah. And just make it, just make him, just make it robot fights. I just figure out that. Yeah. That would have worked really well. That could have been like some of the Armor Wars stuff. And they actually hinted at what could, (laughs) I feel like the hints of a really good movie. And to be fair, I think this is more of like a not great movie and there's too much going on which doesn't streamline it the effects are good things work pretty it looks well. way better than either of any of the three previous three. Oh yeah this it is looks- like a solid mcu effects movie mm-hmm. we saw hints of a, what could have been a good movie where we saw that scene in the senate where they're showing all these other would-be iron man techs in other countries that aren't working out now right. what if hammer is just like he gets all of them together and all of a sudden he's got like some sort of working version he's the villain right. Way more streamlined. You've already hinted at what that possible villain yeah. could be. I wonder if the the reason they didn't do that was because they had had they had Ultron as like they were thinking about that for like a bridge villain in in for the Avengers, and huh. that would have been too similar. I don't know. That's this would again be the uh, the whole endeavor being too <laughs> too big for itself, where you're you're letting one movie not able to tell a good story because of your future needs yeah but we saw that they did that with uh, the thor movie yeah uh, <laughs> so i wouldn't put it past them right because i think i think and i think the theme with a lot of these films was a lot of these so full stop when we when we're thinking about iron man thor and hulk they are the core sort of along with captain america they are the core Avengers that the MCU decided to sort of build around. Um, they are not in the comics A-list, you know, characters. No. They are at best sort of B. Like maybe Captain America is like an A minus. You could argue Hulk is like a B plus. Yeah. But you know, Iron Man and Thor were always you know, you know, B B minus characters in terms of you know the hierarchy of Marvel comics. The only reason the Avengers was kind of a book to begin with was because they couldn't sell books on their own. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, if we throw all of them together, the fans of every each one of these people, maybe they'll all buy comics, and it worked. It, it totally know? worked, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we'll just throw more heroes in it, and then we'll, you know, we'll have guest stars, because, you know, from like, like, like 1974 to like about 1989, Spider-Man was in every book Yeah, as a guest star, because it was really the only way they could sell comic books. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> that's this is the strange thing what the MCU ended up with because of rights issues where they had to figure out ways to elevate these characters. Yes. Uh, that being said, so we just talked about it. It's not a lot of good characters. That's a mistake here. Just throw more characters into the same movie. 
Yeah, this was a this was a puzzling sort of decision to just to make this like it's just sloppy. Yeah, I think is the biggest problem with it. So Justin Hammer, Sam Rockwell was great. So as bad yes. as Rourke was, when uh-huh. you go back and watch this movie, Sam Rockwell is actually really funny. And we need to bring him back somehow. Yeah, he doesn't die, so there's he a chance. Doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he wasn't brought back for Iron Man three. Yeah. That would have been probably even better. Like, just have Iron Man three, have him be the bad guy in that one. And just he could have actually, yeah, Guy he, Pierce does. He could have been the Guy Pierce role. I don't know why he. There's no reason to not have Sam Rockwell back. Yeah, unless that's, he didn't want to be back. No, that's possible. But he was in a short. He was in a little short that happens. It was on a DVD extra, and it, it's it's on the extras for I believe Iron Man two. Which hints that the Mandarin, as depicted in Iron Man three, actually no, it must have been in Iron Man three because he. Wait a minute. Yeah, no, he's in that short, so he's in. He's still involved with the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, his depiction is really good. Like he's clearly the whole point of of Hammer is that he's a wannabe star. He's not as popular. He's still rich, right. but yeah. he's not one of the cool kids, mm-hmm. and he wants to be at that table. Desperately so, and that's why he takes these shortcuts to get there. Yeah, it's like it's like think about. Um, I mean, it's hard to think about any billionaire being sort of you know jealous of somebody else's billions, but like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. So Jeff, Jeff Bezos right now is just like so far ahead of everybody else mm-hmm. from a from a wealth standpoint, and Elon Musk is kind of the you know the Justin Hammer right now. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. And and Elon Musk is in this movie. He is in this movie, oddly enough. Yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be elevating billionaires, guys. Yeah. They're not, the, there's nothing special about them. Little hint. Yeah. So yeah, I as as we go back to this movie, I think is Whiplash interesting at all? No. I think he's boring. Even even as a comic book character. Yeah. Like they combine a couple of different characters to make this guy. Um, this he wasn't interesting at all. Yeah, I I had nothing to. I can't think of like if I'm trying to describe. Well, what's he hates Tony Stark because you know because Tony, he does he does well because his dad got he felt like got betrayed by Tony Stark's sure. dad, and that's his whole motivation. That that's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other thoughts were that that Black Widow scene. I mean, now I where Black Widow ends up, the portrayal really good, good character, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, the scene here, though, that really felt unnecessary. The one where she's fighting in the hallway there? Yeah. So, okay, those are a bunch of, like, security guards Goons. for ha- Hammer, Hammer Industries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you really need a shield agent to go? To- <laughs> These are just, like, rent-a-cops. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was pretty. It was a pretty action scene. Yeah. Uh, we do get the first sort of... Uh, uh, you know, in Florence Pugh and, and Black Widow sort of makes fun of the Black Widow pose. The Black Widow pose. Like, what is that? Yeah. We get this, that's the, this is the origination of that. Yeah, it's the origination of that. It feels like... Uh, it is certainly overly sexualized and needed not be. Yeah, completely. That, and that's... This is where people talk about this. I think even Marvel executives talk about this. Like, you know, if, if this were happening now, it would not be portrayed in this way. No. But the scene really just felt unnecessary to me, like plot-wise. Oh, we need to go back there to turn on the server or something like right. that. So yeah, now there's an action scene. Yeah. 
It was almost like they, 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 you know what? We have Scarlett Johansson in this movie. Should we have her, have her do anything? And they couldn't have her fight a robot because the power sets don't match. Even though yeah. later on she fights aliens and could do that. Yeah. Later on she jumps out of a freaking plane. Yeah. In, in your own movie, and this, this is the true across any sort of comics, if you have any sort of cinematic universe, you're always more powerful in your own movie. Yes. <laughs> when, you're, when, you're, when you're in a group, you're not as powerful individually. Like, yeah. In the Avengers, she would never jump out of a plane like that. <laughs> like she famously like is 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 you know she makes fun of uh, Captain America for not jumping out of for jumping out of a plane without a parachute, right? Right. <laughs> and she goes ahead and does it. And she just did that in the Black Widow movie. Like it was eh, whatever. Yeah. I'm fine. Uh, my other issues with this movie is. I don't even know what the themes are. Like, there's this whole thing about, like, oh, drones better. Like, that's uh, Bancroft's yeah. thing. And then, uh, but then Iron Man's like, oh, a guy in a suit's better. Mm-hmm. They clearly go past that for Iron Man 3. So, and Age of Ultron and, too. And, yeah, so because we've just got robots. Yeah, so I don't even know where they're going with any of these. Like, what's the lesson here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is, again... You don't have to watch this movie. You to get so so we did watch it though, and I think mm-hmm. we'll get back into it. My my kids, especially now that we'll get to talk about it later, the Black Widow movie, really really high marks in my family. Good, <laughs> it's a good movie. So, so okay, so we we we've we've killed this movie. What's good about it? Yeah, well, we've talked about Sam Rockwell. Great, yes, he's a great actor. You should watch what Sam Rockwell does. He's really good. Yeah. He's, he's never really been bad. He's always interesting. That, that makes it where I don't know if you want to skip this movie because he's so funny. And he is funny. It's it just would, limited. It's only about yeah. 27 minutes probably, but it's, it's good. Yeah, it would suck to miss that. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed ScarJo. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. I think she's, a, she's an excellent actress. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, this is where they started. You know, and the MCU has always done this. They just hire good actors. Yeah. It's like they're not trying to you know, find a prototype, like what the character looks like necessarily. They're just like trying to find good actors. Yeah. And uh, she is a good actor because she's kind of like Black Widow in the comics is a, is a little bit more intimidating. You know, she's got height, you know, and, and some, you know, Scarlett Johansson's kind of short. Yeah. Not spyish. Right. But they do a good job here. And I think they, even though the character is over-sexualized, they, when she turns the tables and it's revealed that she's working for S.H.I.E.L.D., that, that is a good power switch. Where suddenly, like, oh, actually, you know, you thought you were in control and it turns out I, I was the whole time. Right. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is great. Yep. Um, he looks, he, he's not given a lot to work with from a script standpoint, but, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> he's still great. Um, I think the upgrade to John Cheadle as Rhodey is good. And ultimately sort of proves itself out over the course of the next, you know, yeah, 20 some odd movies that they do. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought that the, so even though we talked about how overly bloated the movie was, this, this is one thing I would have kept. The fact that he's dying and then has to discover this new element. That one plot point would have been fine. And it like was if that's, cool. If yeah. that's like the thing that he's got to figure out, like make it a science movie, right? That could have been the main focus and it was pretty cool, like discovering yeah. that his father had left this message, yeah. in, you know, in the, the plans of uh, Epcot Center. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> 
that, that was really well done and clever and uh it allowed the hero to do stuff back to one of the things that worked really well in the first movie the tinkering part mm-hmm. so fun so good yeah the thing about tony is that he's a scientist yeah so i like that more of that please less of a fake russian accent dude and uh is it significant? <sighs> I think so, sadly. <laughs> I, think, I think you have to watch it because I think you need... I, I, I now think that Black Widow is a core character. Oh, she definitely movie. is. Yeah. So I, I do think you need to see every... Because she only has one movie of her own, you need to see all of these parts with her. Otherwise, you don't get the full story, really. So in that regard, it's, that's important. There are quite a few character introductions that I think are significant. Like, you know, you do get, you do get Rhodey in the suit. Yeah. And I think that's important. Oh, and um, I, have to, I have to go back to that, though. Rhodey, when you put on the suit, don't do it there. Like, okay, Tony's out of control. You getting into a suit, this is like classic escalation. Okay, okay, that was the dumbest scene. You're the they worst. have a they have a fight in a party that like yeah. it's that that was just that was dumb. Yeah, that it doesn't make any sense. They both should have been arrested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they both should have been arrested, and that should have been the end of the movie. Yeah, and scene. Yeah, that that would have yeah, worked. They should arrest him, and then and then whatever the whiplash's name was it Franco? I can't even remember. Yeah. Uh, like gets him shivved in the prison. That's that's the end. <laughs> and that's it that's how it's that's how iron man 2 should have ended given <laughs> given the setup yeah all right so fam family reviews um oh but and and not only i mean at the end of this film yeah the the uh shield is basically okay we don't want tony tony as part of the avengers right right the next time we see him He's being asked by Shield to be to join the Avengers. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, they so that's said, why this movie is not significant. <laughs> yeah, they, they say that he's unfit, and then right. he's like, "I wouldn't want to be in your Avengers anyhow." And then yeah, yeah. But then, but then they come crawling back, even though they know he's unfit. Exactly. <laughs> and then he goes on to commit war crimes. So there's that. Yeah, that happens yeah. too. Yeah, Age of Ultron is prop again. He should be put in the prison for you know like assault and all kinds of things for what he did with Rhodey in the in his apartment or his big mansion. And then you know in Age of Ultron he should be tried for war crimes. Oh, one hundred percent. End of movie. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, so our family. So my kid Elliot, just one word, bad. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Can't argue with that. Concise. Uh, Geneva said, I didn't see Iron Man 2. Uh, <laughs> to- totally saw Iron Man 2. Like, it was about three months ago, two months ago. I totally saw it. Yeah. Uh, Jillian said, Iron Man 2. Is that with Black Widow in it? Yep. All right. It's good response. Good response. And my, and my wife, Amy, said, it was good. Huh. That's, her, that's her memory. Although the kids argue... They're pretty sure that, uh, that she fell asleep during it, which is also possible. <laughs> which, you know, as a, as a parent, I will say a movie that you can fall asleep to isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, not bad. If you can, if you can catch some, some extra Zs while you're, 
you know, you know, doing it's 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 not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I've gotten I still I've watched two seasons now of his dark materials on HBO with my son. I've probably slept, you know, 15, 20 minutes throughout the course of it. And I don't understand any of it. There you go. Yeah. But my son loves it and it's 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 calming. It's 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 fine. Yeah. You can do <laughs> other things. It's good. So we've so, done it. The bottom four. Yes. The bottom four. I think this is uh this is gonna be fun. This was a fun episode. Uh thank you for listening, everybody. Um, you know, I was thinking about this today. Uh the MCU is basically as old as our kids. True. You know, yeah. I think I think the first Iron Man came out in 2008, and so did your daughter. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, when you think about it that way. So uh, we, are, we are sort of parents throughout this era, and I think uh, our, uh, that's the perspective that we're kind of bringing to this. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so next week we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue our climb. As the movies get bigger and better. They get certainly better. Yes. Certainly better. Even the ones that are a little bit smaller. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, There's a couple of Ant-Man movies that are coming up. Yeah. Hey-o. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Shane. <laughs> goodbye, Mike.